get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games Let's get into it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside Bonfire Midweek. My name is Darren Bombing. Thanks for joining us. Great to see everybody already fired up in the live chat. Give a thumbs up. Appreciate that a lot. And uh, if you're watching this afterwards or listening on podcast, appreciate you as always. Drop a review in your app as well. Look, let, let's cut right to the chase. We, we got a lot to get to on the program today, but the man you came here to see, not me, not Zach Schnitzer. He's got the week off. Well, at least the day off. He'll join me on the post-game show here on Bonfire uh, after the Bombers Stamps game on Friday. Of course, Chris Welby will join me for the pregame uh, tomorrow. That is Thursday, live at 3 o'clock. But uh, let, let's bring in the man himself. Winston Rose joins us here on Bonfire Midweek. Winston, good to see you, man. Thanks for taking the time uh, out of your your free time, the evening, right. uh, here to uh, to join us on the show. Thanks, man. How you doing? Oh, man. What's up, Dan? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, you know, a little, little resting time right now. Yeah. So like walk me through that a little bit. Like you guys put in a ton of time on the field, in the gym, in the meeting rooms. Uh, do you give yourself, you know, are, are you a guy that like needs a day? Do you need like, you know, day two of the week or whatever it may be? to like just remove yourself from football or are you a guy that's just wired to be engaged with it all the time? Uh, I'm definitely a guy that needs to be wired in every day. Um, I don't like to really take days off or anything like that because no days I, off. I, I, want, I want to get the reps and, and, you know, see, see the walkthrough and stuff like that or go through walkthrough and stuff like that. So I'm mm. um, definitely a guy that, you know, wants the reps. Yeah. Well, the I, practice, I, I, practice. I, I, yeah. Well, I got to blame you because, you know, you had a late start to the season for yourself, right? So I'm sure you were champing at the bit to to get on the field and pining to play. Now you got a couple games under your belt. How are you feeling yeah. now that uh, you're back in action and, uh, you know, playing live bullets again? Honestly, Dan, I feel good. I feel happy. Um, I'm actually back out there with the, with the guys, you know, I'm finally joining the party with them. Uh, they've been having a lot of fun from from the sideline, um, but honestly, though, I'm just blessed. Um, I can't, I can't, um, like I said, be happy enough. Just giving credit to you know our medical staff that's you know came up with an awesome plan to get me back right. And ultimately, like when I first, um, you know, when when I first, you know, went through everything, it, it kind of was kind of kind of like uh, frustrating at first because I'm. I, like I said, I want the reps and I want to get get practice and stuff like that. So not able to, you know, go through everything like everybody else. Uh, it was kind of frustrating. So to be back out there with the guys, I'm actually, like I said, I'm happy. I'm blessed, and I can't thank I can't thank God enough. Well, no question. I know people were excited to see you back and and healthy again, and I know no athlete wants to to be injured. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Earlier today, Winston. I'm, I, I ran out this afternoon. I'm like, you know, I'll get a nice walk in, you know, in case it's going to rain a little bit later. So, you know, did a little jog, did a little run, uh, nowhere near 
the athleticism of, of what you and your guys are doing, but you got to keep active. You got to get the lungs going. Right. And Definitely. I bump into my neighbor and they're headed out to the lake and he's wearing a bomber's t-shirt and right. his lovely wife, you know, we, we, we start talking about it and sh she's the one saying like, Oh, we love Nick Dembski and man, you know, like sh sure hope Zach's okay. And really looking forward to the game on Friday. And I'm like, you got to check out my show tonight on, on bonfire. I got Winston right. Rose coming on live at seven 30 and they're like, that's huge. Love Winston. <laughs> uh, you, you've been a member of this team for a long time now, right? You, uh, right. you joined the team, uh, in 2019, right? You were a right. CFL all-star led the league in interceptions, uh, for a second straight year. Uh, you did it with the BC Lions as well. Um, how different are you feeling as a, as a pro football player these days compared to when you were a practice roster guy in the NFL and then a practice roster guy in the CFL with like Toronto and Ottawa and you got your first game with Ottawa. You played a full season with BC, led the league with five interceptions, uh, back to the, or signed with Winnipeg, win a Grey cup, go to the NFL, you know, mm -hmm. cut your teeth there again with the Cincinnati Bengals. Now back up here, uh, a second year, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with, with the blue bombers <laughs> since that, since, since the Cincinnati Bengals, how you feeling about, uh, you know, where your career is at right now? Uh, like I said, in the interview earlier in the week, um, I'm just in that veteran, veteran status. You will say, uh, I, I'm a journeyman. As you mentioned, all my destinations, uh, and through all of them, you know, been released and stuff like that. I learned something and, you know, most time, you know, everybody will say, uh, a loss is a lesson and stuff like that, but I just gained knowledge throughout each um, each step, each step of team that I've been on and stuff like that, and try to use that use those wins, wisdom today. Uh, learn from my mistakes, learn from the teams that I've been cut, why why I was cut and stuff like that, and just really be be my be my worst critic. You know, like I like I said, like. Um, I'm, I'm hard on myself, whether I'm watching film, I give up a pass and stuff like that. So just like that on the film, I'm the same way of when I'm being released from a team and stuff like that. I try to figure out why, like what did I do wrong and stuff like that. So being this day, uh, this day and age now and, you know, like I said, going through my journey and stuff like that, I can give those wisdom back to the younger guys that's on the team, go, going through training camp and just let them know, like, like learn from my mistakes. I know sometimes, you know, everybody hear 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 someone talk 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 a good game and think like, okay, he don't know what I've been through. He's he's talking because he's seen he's seen such and such do the same thing. But I'll be talking from my own experience. So, like I said, I try to give game and give knowledge back to the younger guys on my team. And just like I said during training camp, if we have you know rookies that come in and go. And just like I said, just share that knowledge with them so they don't want to make the same mistake as me because I mean, I went through like 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 you just mentioned, I went through years of practice squads and, you know, teams and stuff like that. And if I was to learn what I know now, my first year, I definitely wouldn't be on different teams and stuff like that. So, um in this in this time now and right now how I feel, like I said, I'm prime and prepped. Um, you know, I'm, uh, uh, I'm getting older now. So it's like, like I said, uh, you know, it's like, I'm like a fine wine, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm aging like fine wine. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm just getting better with time. As you would say, um, I'm still young, 
but as far as like you know playing experience like i have some more i have um me i would say me and ba in in our group and in our uh db group and nick hallett is probably like the most have the most experience playing right now so yeah. um like i said just try to sell, share those knowledge back to the guys and just any anyone that's willing to listen and just let them know like learn from me that you ain't got to go through those trials and tribulations yeah it's it's passing the uh passing the knowledge down right and passing it on and you know everything lifts up you know uh as far as uh you know bringing uh, the young guys along. It lifts everybody else up, no doubt. You mentioned Brandon Alexander, Nick Hallett uh, as as the guys that have the most experience alongside you in that defensive secondary group. You've also got a coach in Jordan Younger, the DB's coach, uh, who played in the league, played in the NFL, played in the CFL, tons of experience there, and now a lot of experience as a coach. But I, I always reckon back to something really funny you shared with me I think it was in training camp or I can't even remember exactly when it was, but you said Brandon Alexander, BA, he's the the strict parent. I'm the fun parent. And with that dynamic, you kind of keep all the guys in line. Share a little bit more about, about that. Uh, you know, BA, BA is tough on himself and he's tough on everyone as well. Um, he holds everyone to the standard that we lay down since I got here, probably even before I got here. So not only like me and uh, Nick Hallett, like the longest or, you know, been around, been around the group just as long as BA, but BA been here since, you know, when the Bombers wasn't at the status that we are now. So he's seen the ups and downs and he's seen how, like, you know, how we can be divided and stuff like that. So with that, he, he's the one that would enforce the, the, the standard while, I'm the one that would try to like, you know, um, put, put a new twist on it or try to, um, put a new, or try to like have him connect to, to the rookies or to, to someone that don't really understand what he's saying. So in a, in a, in a sense, we just, I'm just like the yin to his yang, you know what I mean? Like gotcha, we just, yeah. we, we, we opposite in a way, but we still connect and we still won. You know, um, I could be loud, he could be quiet, or it could be the other way. He could be loud and I could be quiet, or he could be the thumper on the team, like a thumper in the in the DB room, and I'm the one that go get the interception. You know, like it's like I said, we feed off each other. No, no doubt. And as a group, you guys are playing incredibly well. You know, I'm sure it helps when you got, uh, you know, one of the most a future Hall of Famer in middle linebacker Adam Big Hill running things in, in kind of the middle of the defense. You got the likes of Jake Thomas and Jackson Jeffco and Willie Jefferson, uh, you know, leading a, a very talented group at the point of attack. Um, right. But as I mentioned, some of those guys, you know, I've seen you guys out in the community. I've seen you out in these streets here in Winnipeg, Winston, having fun, doing, you know, doing cool things. Seeing you <laughs> at the Sea Bears game. Yeah. Earlier yeah. this year. And of course, uh CEBL most outstanding or most valuable player, Teddy Allen. Uh, I'm wondering if you had a chance to to talk with him after the game you were at, because you guys were both New Mexico State Aggies. What's crazy, I just come to find that out. Um, so at first, um what what led me to the Sea Bears game was uh Jamarcus, you know, Yoshi. Okay. So 
I seen him and him and Willie with the jersey and you know Seabird gears on and stuff like that. So they were saying like one of the guys on the team, either he's from Nebraska or he went to Nebraska. He went to Nebraska too, yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, it was Teddy. So yeah. whole time I'm thinking Teddy just went to Nebraska. That's it. Like I didn't really follow back up on him or see like what's what until um. Um, I started following him on Instagram and then I seen that he got MVP, but then when they showed his MVP uh, um, accomplishment, like his post, they also said like the college he went to and stuff like that. I'm like, like he went to New Mexico State? Like when? I'm thinking he went to Nebraska, so I guess he went to Nebraska, then he transferred to New Mexico State. So Yeah, West honestly, Virginia no, I too, I think it was in there. Yeah. Yeah, so honestly, no, I haven't talked to him or I haven't like I haven't met him or nothing. Like only time only time I seen him was at the game playing and stuff like that. But, you know, we have Aggies in we have we have Aggies here in in, uh, in Winnipeg, man. You know, also uh Buck Pierce Post Buck Pierce, uh, yeah. Coach Buck Pierce is from New Mexico State, played at New Mexico State, so well, and you're both California kids too, right? The Aggies is on the map. Yeah. Well, you're from Inglewood, California. Buck's from Northern right. California, if I'm not mistaken. So you're both right. California guys uh, at New Mexico right. State. But that's a real yeah. thing, right? Like if you share an alma mater with somebody, even if you're said, decades sorry, apart. We also had Cedric Wilcox in here. That was on the team. And he got he transferred to, I mean, transferred. He uh, got traded to Hamilton. He was at New right. Mexico State. Okay. But like, that's a real thing, right? Like, even if you're decades apart, you share that alma mater with somebody, that's a real connection, right? Yeah, because at, at one point, we all knew, like, you know, like, how it feel to be in, in, in that city or, or in, like I say, in that city or at that college. So we, we, we connected in some way like that. And also just, you know, I know for me at New Mexico State, like, we have that chip on our shoulder. Like, we don't really you know, get the respect and stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. Uh, Winston, uh, appreciate your time. want to ask you before I let you go, because we're looking towards a huge game uh, for your team and a huge game for the Calgary Stampeders on Friday at McMahon in Calgary. Uh, you're going to get a chance to uh, play against a former teammate of yours in Nick Taylor who uh, right. won a couple great cups with you here in Winnipeg. Um, and you're going to be led by a, a new quarterback in Drew Brown. But first, uh, still still stay in touch with with Nick. And, and how's it going to feel playing against him? Yeah, we still I'm still in touch with Nick. We still got our, our group chat from years, years ago. But okay. um, no secrets, though. Yeah, no, definitely <laughs> not. Uh, what was what was the next question? I'm sorry. Well, I wanted to ask you about, uh, um, you know, you, it's it's possible you could have a, a new quarterback um right. leading the team right in right. what we saw from drew brown last week i'm sure you and your teammates no matter who is under center whether it's zach Kolaris or drew brown i imagine you guys are pretty confident we're confident with whoever is back there um like we always say on the defense and right? we just try to give the offense as much opportunity as they can to go down their score so from from my from my standpoint from our defense standpoint we just try to, you know, get off the field and give the ball back to the offense. Quickly, what, what do you see in, in Jake Mayer and the uh, Calgary Stampeders offensive attack? They haven't really stretched the field much this year. We know they have a strong run game, but right. when you're facing a quarterback that generally doesn't throw the ball downfield too often, do you have to be a little bit more on your toes figuratively when it comes to maybe a double move, because you never know when that explosion play, that deep shot might come. Right. 
honestly, we just have to play play our game within the system. You know, um, just whatever whatever calls, just you know, uh, you know, what I'm saying, read our keys. You know, what I'm saying, see the formation. Uh, obviously, um, you know, if we get a get a trigger on on something and and you know you're confident, you know, make a play. But I feel like we just got to just play our ball. You know. Um, just do what we what we usually do, you know, play one play at a time, play a clean, physical team football game, you know, and just let the rest handle itself. When your team is down 22 nothing on the road and QB1 goes down to injury and you're able to mount the second largest comeback in Blue Bombers franchise history, does that give you like a reassurance that no matter what's going on in a game, no matter what, you guys just go out there, do your job every single play. Good things will happen. You can always come back and win any game. Right. Like I said, like when when Zach went down, it was one of those things like we just looked at each other on the defense and just said, look, we got to get the offense back the ball as many times as we can, um, you know, try to uh, cause a take a takeaway, but just don't do too much because it's still enough time to come back. So we just got to keep, you know, knocking wood, keep knocking down that door and it's going, it's going to open, you know, we, it's going, we, we going, we going to make something happen. So, and we did. So just, it, it, we just believe in each other. Um, like we, like, mm-hmm. like I said, we, we're a team, we're, we're a team. If we just play a clean physical game, everything else will handle itself. No, no kidding. Well, Winston, look, Really appreciate your time, my friend. And uh, it's always a pleasure talking with you. I, I could probably keep you here for an hour if I wanted to, but I won't because yeah, you got to travel. I got, a, I, got a, I got a massage coming up. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I imagine that takes a little bit of priority. You got a business trip coming up. Uh, you guys will uh, head to Calgary tomorrow and then a game on Friday uh, against the Stampeders. So best of luck to you. Really glad that you're back healthy once again. I know the fans are as well. Thanks again for your time, Winston. Oh, man. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Winston Rose joining us here on Bonfire Midweek. And uh, like that was awesome. I love talking to Winston. You know, like I said, I I could probably talk to him for hours. I almost do when I do get the opportunity to uh, to bend his ear a little bit, Um, you know, get get a chance to to talk to him. But uh, well, we got another guest, got another guest in the green room. So look, we have a lineup for today. And our lineup is, we're going to go around the league as we always do. Winston Rose, yeah, he just joined us live. That was awesome. Danny Austin will join us on the Stampeders. Of course, Bomber Stamps uh, get it going Friday night. We'll look ahead to week 11, make our picks for SIA.com slash bonfire. And we'll try to keep this bonfire boat afloat without the man, Schnitzy. So uh, when you need help. When you need better, you know, some some good insight, you need a little energy punch, what do you do? You bring in the man, Danny Austin. What's going on? My man. Uh, not much. I got to figure out my lighting here. This sucks. This, no, this is No, you're not terrible. bad. You're not bad. You this... know what I'm going to do? I, I, can, I can play around. I can actually, I think I can change up your, uh, look, see, I can center you like that. Like that. We'll, okay. We'll, we'll make you a little brighter. I just feel like, and this is probably my fault, but I feel like my background isn't focused and somehow I look like I'm like in a <laughs> 1930s newsreel. <laughs> like, what's good? Do one of these. Whoop. I know. I don't like his, I don't know what's happening. Um, you look good. Have, you oh, look good, you. man. 
it's it's I, that mountain air that you get out there in Alberta. Danny Austin of Post Media Calgary joining us here on Bonfire Midweek. Uh, I joined your show a little bit earlier today, mm-hmm. and we kind of talked a variety of topics, bombers, stamps. We talked, uh, gosh, we, we kind of touched on a whole bunch of things. Um, but I have to ask you right off the hop, because people here in Winnipeg, you know, appreciate the perspective of somebody on the outside looking in. What did you see from Drew Brown in a 22-point comeback in relief of Zach Kolaris last week? I will say that, like, it was the most Winnipeg Blue Bombers thing where I was like, yeah, they got another one. Great. Um, (laughs) um, You know, Zach went down, and obviously your first concern is Zach. You know, all anyone wants, doesn't matter if you're – a fan of a rival team and media cover. You want Zach Galeros to be okay. And that was the most important thing, but you're sitting there, you're starting to think, okay, the Edmonton Elks are finally going to do it. Um, <laughs> not feeling confident about it, but there's some, like, if you're a non Winnipeg fan, there was good news in that moment. Um, and then Drew Brown comes in and I'm like, Oh, maybe the bombers have the second best quarterback in the league. I don't actually believe that. Um, but yeah, I thought he was phenomenal. He looked completely composed. Uh, looked like a guy who had been learning from the best and was ready to lead them to, you know, great heights. It was borderline annoying. Um, <laughs> like you got to understand though, Danny, it's been a generation since Winnipeg has been able to develop their own quarterback. And the reality of the free agency age and salary cap and all that is that Drew Brown enters free agency this coming off season. And will he sign for less money to stay in Winnipeg and back up Zach Kolaris or will he potentially cash in uh, and, and sign his first big money paycheck in pro football? You joked a moment ago saying, you know, no Winnipeg's got the, the second best quarterback in the CFL too, but don't we see Drew Brown as a possibility that that could be something in the future, especially considering the state of quarterbacks in the league right now. I mean, I haven't seen enough to come right out and say that. Like, let's sure. be, let's, I'm going to, I'm going to bump the tires a little bit, especially because to be honest, like we're dealing with a young quarterback here in Calgary and Jake Mayer, who, when he broke in, there was a lot of excitement. It was a very similar situation, right? I mean, he had yep. signed in the COVID season, so he became a free agent after 2021. And there was a lot of speculation about whether he might go be a starter somewhere. And instead he signed on for another year with the Stampeders, which was a move I think a lot of people didn't anticipate, but it was sort of understood that he would, it was the best thing for his development was to work with Bo was to work, you know, in the Stampeder system. Um, so I'm not like, look, yes, he looked great. Um, I do think that quarterbacks often look great in their first game. Um, but if I'm Winnipeg, if I'm a bombers fan, I'm feeling extremely confident that, okay, if we need, I just saw someone say, I'm okay. If they start drew on Friday, well, you should be. Um, and that's a, that's a real luxury to have when you have a starting quarterback like Zach Caleros, MOP, best quarterback in the league, has been for years. And if he needs a little extra time, you don't have to rush him. That is just, for if I'm a Bombers fan right now, that's my only concern. We're trying to get the Grey Cup this year. I don't think you can worry about Drew Brown and free agency next year. But I do think there will be teams knocking on the door. I do think there are going to be a lot of teams wanting to take a look. Yep. No, and uh, Scott Westman, who's watching live on YouTube. What's going on, Scott? Great to see you, everybody, in the live chat. Uh, here on Bonfire Midweek. Uh, Scott asks, sorry, is Drew Brown called, has been named the starter for Friday already? No, he has not. But what we do know is that Zach Kolaris did not practice Monday. 
nor did he practice Tuesday. He was on the field and kind of, you know, tossing the ball around and, and, you know, seems okay. It is listed as a neck injury and that is the official status, but will officially be questionable and we'll find out tomorrow, Thursday morning, uh, when the depth chart comes out, if he is on the roster, if he is on the one game, if he is on the six game, or if he is a game time decision and on the roster. Um, Michael Shea said today he did not practice on day three. So uh, no practice Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Walk through tomorrow, Thursday, in Calgary where you are, Danny. And um, I'm sure regardless of... of the, the status, the Calgary Stampeders are going to go into this game with the same MO, and that is to start strong, to score early, and to not try to play catch up with uh, a Blue Bombers team that is so well-rounded in all three phases. We're talking about young quarterbacks, and you mentioned Jake Mayer when he took over um, for an injured Bo Levi Mitchell um, years back. And now we're seeing Jake Mayer as underwhelming frankly what is your perspective on what's wrong if there is something wrong with the calgary stampeders offense i think there's a confidence issue i i do i i think look farhan lalji i uh, came on my podcast and, and and gave a breakdown of jake breakdown of jake's mechanics and about the way he steps away from throws while he's under pressure that i thought um he did a much better job of articulating than i can but i thought it was, it was really really interesting and i do think that that is part of it um, I will say a couple of things. I think that the Stampeders offensive line has taken a pretty big step back uh, this year. Julian Jones went to the Philadelphia Eagles. They ended up cutting Derek Dennis. I think Jake is under a ton of pressure from opposition defensive lines. Um, and, and I don't think he's dealing with that pressure particularly well. I also think that this team lost Jalen Philpott before the season. They've been basically playing rookie receivers uh, at their Canadian positions. I think that I was allowing defenses to really key in on keeping the ball out of Reggie Bagleton's hands. And I don't think that Mark and Michelle who has come in has necessarily stepped into Malik Henry's shoes as, as seamlessly as you'd like. So I think there are problems pretty much everywhere other than linebacker or other than running back. But I also think like the play calling has been underwhelming and I don't think this team play callers have the confidence to really take shots downfield and that they're trying to avoid mistakes. And we saw against the lions. I mean, they were down 17, nothing, and they were still doing little screen passes from first and 20. They weren't going. And a lot of people think it's Dave Dickinson calling the plays. It's not, it's not Dave Dickinson. It's Mark Mueller as far as, and there's a little bit of, there's a lack of clarity there, but um, I, I don't get their approach. And I think that when you have a young quarterback and, and like this will happen with Drew Brown, this will happen with, Dustin Crum, as, as teams get more tape, teams begin to adjust, and then it's on the quarterback to make the adjustments to the adjustments. And I think that we're in that phase with Jake. I, I, I Look, you see NFL quarterbacks in their first seasons as starters struggle all the time. It is about making sure that they don't completely lose their confidence. There's no reason whatsoever to believe that Jake Mayer is done as a starter. I do not think we have that evidence. Uh, I think we're seeing a system that is not right now bringing out the best in him. I, I do think that the Stampeders need to see him step up and be better. But I don't know, you know, my Twitter responses and my emails are so angry about Jake Mayer right now. And sure. I will tell you that they were so angry about Bo Levi Mitchell in 2021 and 2022 as well. I do not know if that is ultimately fans from around the league 
just being so happy that the Stampeders finally don't have an, like an elite, elite, elite quarterback after basically 30 years of them having Jeff Garcia, Doug Flutie, Bully by Mitchell, Henry Burris, or if it's the Stampeders fans got spoiled and don't understand having to have patience with a guy and every other position on the field, their mistakes can be covered up by someone else with quarterback that doesn't really happen right now. So I have a lot of sympathy for Drake Mayer and I'm not, I'm not joining the pile on while also acknowledging that his play has been part of the problem. um, Unfortunately. Yeah. And, and you know, some people may look to Kadeem Carey, who I think is coming into the season, legit, an MOP candidate league-wide. He is that mm-hmm. good of a player. And him going on the six-game injured list pretty quickly to start the season, um, maybe he has some people saying, well, you know, okay, maybe that's a reason why Calgary's struggling a little bit. But Diedrich Mills filled in more than admirably. And now Kadeem Carey is back. Can the run game be something Calgary can lean on or do they need an offense? Do they need Jake Mayer to stretch the field and do they need their receivers to find a way to get open downfield? The short answer is it's a combination of both. Um, I think that you can have Kadeem Carey and Diedrich Mills, you know, that in my opinion, look, I'm not going to rank running backs, but two of the league's elite running backs on your roster if you get down 17 nothing, there's only so much you can use them. That's the fact. Um, so, you know, we had talked earlier and you had said, you know, the strategy for every team against the Bombers. How many more games until Tommy Stevens is starting? A million. Um, that's my answer. Tommy Stevens is not going to be this team starter unless there are injuries. Um, for, for those of us who have watched Tommy Stevens in practice, I got a lot of time for the guy, but he's not. He's not the team starter right now, in my opinion. Uh, well, and no he wasn't there. even the one that came in in the fourth quarter. He was hurt. He had back spasms. He had back spasms. So he was hurt. So that was, um, so that's why they brought in Chris Reynolds. But where does it start? That's, I mean, in my opinion, it probably starts with the offensive line. Um, I, I think that you, the, uh, the O line needs to be better. I think, again, as I mentioned, losing your two starting tackles has hurt. Um, I think Reggie Bagleton is basically, you can't have a single complaint about him. He's doing everything they can ask for. He is just drawing so much attention. Uh, I think Trey Odoms Dukes as a first year receiver has done very well. I, I would like to see more from Mark and Michelle. I think that they are ultimately Luther Hackenavanu is playing well, but this is, we're not, you're not expecting him to turn into an 1,000 yard receiver. Rice and John has not really turned out. Clark Barnes, who I thought had a good shout at most outstanding rookie, is now, he's in a brace, guys. He's not coming back anytime soon. Like he's at least six weeks, I would suspect, season ending. They don't have general. Like there are injuries here, but every team has injuries. But, where does it start? I really liked what I saw in Barnes. Man, oh, impressive man, rookie. Fun. Yeah, yep. third round draft pick too. Um, yep. So I look, I think it starts with the O-line. It always starts in the trenches. It's O-line and D-line. And ultimately, I'll be honest. I don't know that it matters. Their next two games are Winnipeg and Toronto. I don't know that it's reasonable to expect that the Stampeders win either of those games. Uh, they are competing with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Even if they lose those, they have two against Edmonton and then a much easier schedule. The Stamps have had a brutal schedule um, in this first half of the season, and, and it may not really turn around until September or October. But I think that they have a very good shot of outlasting a Riders team that if the Stamps quarterback situation has question marks, like the Riders don't have a quarterback situation, right? So it's so for me, the Stamps, it's unfortunately they're not competing for a home playoff berth, but we can't write them off yet. Well, That kind of, you know, takes half of my next question away, and that is, can Calgary do something to 
usurp the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and, and find their way into third place in the West because the Riders aren't playing particularly well either. I know Calgary is in the midst. Uh, I think you might have mentioned it in the midst of just a hellacious stretch of games where they have Toronto twice plus Winnipeg plus BC as opponents. But that was their August. That was their yeah, August. That's a cool. that's a heck of an August. That's a hot August <laughs> in, um, uh, in in southern Alberta. But can Calgary do enough to, I don't know, tread water? I don't know how you want to put it, but, you know, it, it's kind of a real I, I overuse the term, but mushy middle. Right. Because you got the Elks in the basement. You got Winnipeg and B.C. both at seven and two playing really well. And then like, who are the Calgary Stampeders? Who are the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? Are these teams legit? Both are having quarterback issues, but for two very different reasons. Well, and I think that's a really interesting question because we are talking, what, five days after the Stampeders got massacred by the B.C. Lions. Um, if we were talking a week ago, they were coming off being the first team to beat the Toronto Argonauts and the only team to beat the Toronto Argonauts all season. Played a great defensive game, uh, got what they needed on offense, offense and special teams and pulled out the win. The reality is they have lost twice in overtime. Um, the Bombers loss, the, their losses to the Bombers and Lions have been bad this year. They haven't looked great. But beyond that, I mean, they've been close in, in, in every single game. So... I don't know, like we are talking in the midst of the sky is falling moment. And I even think with a loss to the Bombers, where things stayed competitive this weekend, I think that you would feel a lot better about the Stampeders. It's the fact that the Stamps were from the opening kickoff, which was called back. They were offside. They had to redo it. The Stampeders did not look prepared to play. And they were beaten in every facet of the game against the Lions. It's the worst game that I've seen them play in my seven years covering the team and not even particularly close. What gives you hope? If you're looking at it, oh, and I want to reiterate, not even close. It was by far the worst. What gives me hope? Well, the Riders have to play the Bombers twice over Labor Day, and the Stamps play the Elks twice over Labor Day. That is what gives you hope. And then it's a, the Stamps should be able to overtake them, or whatever happens these next couple games, and then it's pretty much a straight shot um, down to the end of the season. They have games against Hamilton. Um, it's not that hard a schedule. And they have a head-to-head with the Riders. So it's a combination of, I, I don't think that the Stamps are as bad as their last loss. And and their schedule gets easier. That, right. You know, at some point, and, and, and what a young team that's lacking in confidence needs is a few gimmies, right? They need, they need the ball to go their way a couple times and you build that confidence. But if you look across, I mean, this team has a lot of all-stars. I think that there was a, there, there's been a bit of bad luck with injuries. I mean, I can't tell you it's every team has injuries, but losing James Vodders, their defensive end, who had come back from the NFL, they let Jameer. I mean, my understanding is they didn't have the money to re-sign Jameer Thurman because they got James Vodders. He had five sacks in six games, was really heating up. They're not getting any pressure from that defensive end position, in my opinion. That allows teams to key in on stopping Mike Rose and Derek Wagan in the interior. If when you have that pressure coming from the outside, Mike Rose just dominates yeah. the, the middle at defensive tackle. And it's just when he's getting double or even triple teamed, it's much harder for him to be effective. Um, losing Malik Henry. Malik Henry was their top receiver last year by a considerable You could say distance. the league's top receiver. Yeah, he was exceptional. And he tore his Achilles, is out for the year. They've had some injuries in very key positions. And make no mistake, losing Kadeem Carey mattered, no matter how good Diedrich Mills is. Kadeem is a leader on the field, in the locker room. And losing... Um, Jalen Philpott, 
really mattered before the season, and we have no idea if he's back. So they need their young they have they have young players in those positions who need to gain confidence. But young players get better. That's typically how it goes. So where is the hope? Is that this is a young team, and you're counting on improvement? Right. Yeah. I. You know. I. I can't remember the last time we could say. You know, the Calgary Stampeders aren't a team that is really in the conversation to make a push for a Grey Cup. It's been a long, no. long time since you know we've said that, but. Here we are, you know, uh, mediocre to poor quarterback play, young players, injuries to their established stars. And, you know, um, I don't think anybody here in Winnipeg will have, uh, you know, shed too many tears, Danny, because it's been a lot of years oh. of dominance from the Calgary Stampeders. And now that the tables turned as they always do in, in pro sports, um, want to and ask it's an interesting, you, if yeah, I may, like there's a very interesting contrast between Winnipeg and Calgary, right? Because, Calgary and John Huffnagel in particular has always been a guy who he was notorious for letting his stars walk one year before they were done. Right. And Charleston Hughes, Micah Johnson, all these guys, he not before they were done, but he, he didn't let them get old. The talent fall off. Yeah. Yes. Or the effectiveness fall off, I should say. And even some of them didn't even fall off. He just wasn't willing to pay them their big money in their 30s when there there might be a regression. He always had the next guy ready. And this yeah. just sort of seems like one of the years where a couple of the guys who they thought might be ready haven't quite come through and injuries have hit them hard. And everyone has been waiting for the Bombers to let some of these older players, you know, to see their regression. And it hasn't happened. Really, it hasn't happened. I mean, for anyone saying there's been a regression on the O-line, you know, potentially some of these older guys just take a little while to get going. They've looked pretty good to me recently. Um, but so it, it's a contrast. And I do think that on some level, what is frustrating if you are a Cal- Calgary fan is looking at Toronto and seeing how many of those Toronto Argonauts who are the best team in the league started in Calgary and whether they were allowed to walk or whether, whether you know, Chad Kelly's salary meant the Argos could pay Fuller and Aramalade more. When I'm talking about there not being pressure, having a guy like Flo would sure be helpful right now. So I think that Man. that's part of the frustration <laughs> is that this team has still developed so many players. It's just so many of them are playing elsewhere. More than any yeah. other team in the league. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think that's that's an operation of being a good franchise, you know, being a good drafting team, being a good scouting team, uh, being a good development team, being a winning team is that at some point you're going to um, you know, populate the league with your players because people want guys that know how to win and have won before. Um, on that note, because of course you are in Alberta. I know you're not in Edmonton, but you're just south uh, in Calgary, Danny, and uh, you're hearing what we, we've all heard um, coming out of, of Edmonton and, and uh, the team deciding to move on from... Victor Cuey, uh, their president, um, Chris Jones, you know, Dave Naylor reporting, uh, late last night that Chris Jones has a 12 month guarantee in his contract, meaning whenever he is let go, if he is let go 12 months from that time, uh, he would be paid. So it's not, you know, fully guaranteed through 2025 or whatever, you know, some people were speculating. Um, but my question is not about Chris Jones. It's not about Victor Cuey. It is about the Edmonton Elks as a community-owned franchise. Do you think private, going private, and finding a private owner for the Edmonton Elks is 
the prudent move right now for a team that is in real financial peril. I mean, and that's, I think Naylor tweeted about recapitalization, um, which to be honest, I don't fully understand the process. Um, yeah, ultimately, um, if, 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 if that brings a level of stability, um, then do it. I don't know that being privately owned means that the Elks are going to turn anything around. I don't know that it's better to be privately run than community run. Um, but you know, if that team is in any way at risk, and and I, I do know that there are financial burdens that come with being a community-owned team that are that are different, and you can tell that I'm being very hesitant in how I describe my understanding of this because I don't fully always understand it. But the reality is, I don't think in Calgary we've necessarily seen the benefit of CSEC owning um, the the stamps. I, I I don't necessarily see that their connection to the Flames has has really been. Um, of benefit, but I, I do think if I was in Edmonton and we're having a team that struggled for so long and it's six blocks from the most exciting two hockey players in the world playing at the Oilers, I don't know that, you know, c- getting connected to that would be a bad thing. Um, what I do know is that I think things turn around in a hurry in the CFL and that the if they can survive this year and that, and, and, and they will be able to survive it this year. I just, I don't know that they need to reinvent the wheel entirely. I don't think that they need to, like they just kind of need to get the right people in place. And I think that that's more important than who owns the team, whether it's the community or private is there have been mistakes consistently made over the last seven or eight or nine or 10 years. And you need the best people. Yeah. And who's going to like, can I say community versus private is going to get the best people? I can't, but Edmonton fans will come back. If that team has a good product on the field, you don't need to give tickets away for free. What your president is saying on Twitter is less important than the things that are actually happening on the business side. Um, and those as Andrea, as Andrea points out here, uh, watching live on YouTube, what's going on, Andrea? Um, it's been a gong show in Edmonton for a few years, same as we had it here in Winnipeg for many years, says Andrea. And, uh, you know, that is a reality. If a community owned team is dysfunctional, as Edmonton clearly is, that's the risk that is there, right? Is, is that, you know, things can go from bad to worse quickly. Uh, private ownership, somebody's bottom line is on the line. So I, you know, I, I think problems maybe get fixed a little bit. There's a little bit expedite, you know, things are expedited a little bit when it's private. And that's fair. And the fact is things need to be like, they need, again, all I'm saying is they need the best people in charge. And um, you can read between the lines a little bit in terms of what I'm saying this particular week yep. when it comes to Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is Victor didn't last, what, did he last a season and a half? So, you know, whether the bottom line was being affected or not, they moved on from a a pretty major prominent public hire pretty quickly. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. The whole Edmonton situation is so deeply concerning for me. Um, And, look, I know what numbers they post. I've been in that stadium. They are not drawing 10,000. Yeah, I think they said 19-something, 19,000 last week. And I don't know. 
there was a game there last year where I genuinely don't believe that they had 8,000 people in the stands. So, wow. And they announced it around 20. So, well, fingers crossed because this league needs all its teams to, to do well. And, uh, Hey, you know, was- uh, here in Winnipeg, Winnipeg, we're, we're hoping for Calgary to get a new stadium for Edmonton uh, to, to straighten things out uh, on and off the field. Uh, a strong CFL is good for everybody, right? If I may, we are not getting a new stadium in Calgary anytime soon. So um, I, I just don't want anyone in Winnipeg. That was a sore spot, eh? Sorry. Uh, well, uh, I, I mean, mean I, the- I was being sincere in that we hope you get one. I hope I hope we get one too, but we're not. Um, the fact that the university team is moving out of McMahon and building its own stadium, um, is a bit of a concern. I did uh, not know that. Yeah. I don't know how public that is, but that's, yeah, the, the dinos are, they've spoken to their alumni about how they're doing it. I'll tell you that. Um, wow. but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think people should be paying attention to the attendance in Calgary as well. I think it's absolutely, I, I just can't believe that we, and I know that us in Calgary and Winnipeg don't really care about this, but the league has needed there to be good teams in Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver at the same time for so long. Like it's just, those markets are so huge. They bring in advertising money. They bring in eyeballs and all that. And for the first time in living memory, all three of those markets have pretty good teams and somehow Alberta is the one that's failing. It's it's really weird. Yeah. Well, it's boom and bust, right? So, um, little bit of, um, I won't say bust, but a little bit of the, the downtrend as is any market. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's just, uh, that's just a reality, but you know, Danny, it's going to be very interesting, uh, when it comes to Friday night and if the Calgary Stampeders can find a way to snag a win from Winnipeg, which is possible. Winnipeg has lost games to lesser mm-hmm. opponents this year, I would argue. So, um, I mean, Ottawa, Calgary, yeah, maybe on par, but either way, uh, Friday night should be a, a heck of a lot of fun and um, always appreciate you uh, taking the time to join us here uh, on Bonfire. I encourage people to check out live from the 55. I was on it this week, uh, but uh, always a great show that uh, you put on there. Tell people where we can find it. Yeah, live from the 55. It's on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I don't know. We're, it's something that we're building it's to be honest the conversations with you um i've inspired it i just similar to what you're doing i just felt i love nothing more than when i was on the road just kind of talking with my friends about the cfl my friends who cover it my friends who are involved in it and i just felt like those conversations take them out of the bar and sort of have them on air and um and see if people see if people like it and we're just trying to have sort of slightly elevated um you know, we're there. So we get to talk about what we see and what we think. And also, I don't know, try to be humble, mess around, have fun with the CFL. That's the whole idea. And uh, I don't know, we, we obviously are a little bit more Calgary centric, but we do try as much as possible to, um, you know, make it a league wide show. Cause I, I watched all the games. So might as well talk about them. I'm not sure might I'm qualified, well. but you gotta, yep. you might as well. So yeah. Um, and otherwise, I mean, I am on Twitter. So Danny Austin underscore nine, I'm a little more tame than I used to be on Twitter, but <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't buy it. You're 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 cloak and dagger. You're just hiding in the weeds for a little bit. October is always when the worst comes out. So we'll see. <laughs> well, hey, Danny, look, have fun tonight, but don't do anything crazy. And don't let Ted Wyman and Jeff Hamilton, who are in your town and going out with you tonight, don't let them get you into trouble. OK, yeah, I mean, 
there's only so much that zero proof canned cocktails with no alcohol in them. There's only so much trouble you can cause when you're drinking them. So uh, no one's got to worry about me. I'll, I'll be I'll be driving around and, and keeping everyone else out of trouble. I'm all grown up, Darren. <laughs> Never grow up, man. It's overrated. <laughs> Appreciate it, Danny. Th- thanks again, thanks, man. Buddy. We'll, uh, we'll talk yeah. to you soon. Cheers, buddy. Bye. Danny Austin of Post Media joining us here on Bonfire Midweek. Uh, there we go. There. There we go. Now we're back. What's going on, everybody? Uh, yeah, of course, you can read Danny uh, in the Calgary Sun and Calgary Herald. Uh, you mentioned uh, Danny Austin, or it's D Austin underscore nine on Twitter. You'll find him, Danny Austin, Twitter. Oh, it's Twitter. I'm not calling it that other name. No way. Um, and uh, yeah, Live from the 55 is a pretty great uh, video podcast, but available audio podcast as well, just like this is here. And uh, great to see everybody in the live chat. Uh, people just chatting it up. Love to see it. Um, give a thumbs up if you haven't yet. Just go punch it. And if you're not able to, because you don't have a YouTube account, it's very simple to sign up for a Gmail account. It's time to retire your Yahoo address. It's time to retire your Hotmail or your uh, MS live or whatever get a gmail go ahead and do that and uh uh, the rest is uh super easy okay well am i still uh do i still got you guys i hope i still got you guys i just had a power outage and i think i'm running on my battery backup and I, i i hope you guys can hear me i think you can hit the live chat let me let me know if uh let me know if uh, you guys can still hear me. Uh, I think we're still streaming to a couple places, but we might have to just wrap the show there. I think so, because eventually I'm going to run out of uh, the battery backup and, and then it's just going to like cut really awkwardly. So big thanks to Winston Rose for joining us live here on Bonfire Midweek. Uh, big thanks to Danny Austin. Uh, And as always, big thanks to you out there, everybody. Uh, Great to see you um, and uh, great to have you along. And uh, everything kind of went scrambled on me here. This is hilarious. This has never happened before. I, uh, well, when I went for that walk earlier today, like I was talking to Winston Rose about, I saw the hydro crews working and I was wondering, I'm like, there's an outage. It's probably going to happen like during the show right and like that's the thing is now i'm looking over here because that's where my only screen that's still working is and uh well i mean hey i'm just trying to uh (laughs) trying to pull up uh the uh the final uh scene so i can uh so i can send you guys off but uh here we'll do this I think I can do this. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, all the best to you guys. Uh, Sorry for the technical difficulties, but we have fun as we always do. Thanks for joining us uh, live and uh, sure hope uh, that uh, we can get things back on the rails when Chris Walby joins me for Game Day Winnipeg 
live three o'clock tomorrow. That is Thursday. We will have more definitive answers on the health of Zach Kolaris. So Walby joins me for game day Winnipeg tomorrow at three and then game day after dark. Schnitzi is back. We got your post game show after the game Friday night. Bomber Stampeders. We'll see you then. All right, everybody. Take care.